0: I invite you to please rise as we give respect to the reading of the Word of God. I'm reading through the New King James Version. If you have your Bible, uh, open it into the book of Psalms 139, beginning verse 13 until verse uh, 16. Verse 13, for you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, teach us your statutes today, and help us, O Lord, to keep it till the end. We know, O Lord, uh, your words are the source of our strength. Your words will help us know you more, and Lord, your words will help us live according to your will, because our goal in this life, O Lord, is to glorify you. And so, Father, I pray that as we study your words this morning, give us the wisdom, so that, Father, we are not only a good listener, but, Lord, help us to be a doer of your words. Father, indeed, speak to us as we discuss this topic this morning. A lot of Christians, O oh Lord, are being deceived about this issue. But Lord, your words are very clear about this issue. And so help us, O oh Father, to just obey you. As you know, O oh Lord, we know, O Lord, that your statues are right. Your statutes are always correct. Father, bless our study this morning. Lord, I pray for those people who are celebrating their birthday. Bless them as well. Give them a, Lord, healthy life, especially, Lord, spiritually. Have them grow and to know you more in a deeper way. For those who are not here with us, bless them as well. For those who are not feeling well, Continue, O Lord, to sustain them by your grace. And Father, once again, glorify your name as we, O Lord, listen to your words. If there is an individual here who don't know you as their Lord and Savior, speak to them as well. Convict them, O Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Use us, O Lord. Thank you for this is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Please visit them. The title of our message today of course last Sunday I told you we will start the topic about church but the Lord has spoken to me to at least divert it okay because this is a, an, an issue today uh, you can see it in the news you can see it everywhere and it is very important because uh, as your pastor I'm really concerned that uh, some churches even you know uh, on the social media there's a lot of churches uh, about uh, uh, abortion trying to say that it's okay. And so I entitled our message this morning, What About Abortion? But Before we do that, I'll ask you this question. What principles do you live by? What principles do you live by? Do you live by the principles of this world? Or do you live by the principles of the Word of God. Here at church, at Philam International Baptist Church, if you have your bulletin, I want you to be aware that in our statement of faith, it says, the Holy Bible is the inspired Word of God to man and is the only basis to a sound faith. And the Bible is inspired, infallible, and the authoritative word of God. It is the sole authority of our faith and also our practice. And so we base everything from this book. Because we believe that this book is the word of God. Written by human beings, but they are what? Inspired by the Holy Spirit. Today, again, there are many voices that are not based from the Word of God. And if we are not careful, we will be influenced by them, especially if we don't really study, meditate, do devotion every day, and take a look even at the Word of God. One loud voice today that even Christian churches were influenced or are being influenced is the issue about abortion. Is it okay to abort a baby from the mother's womb regardless of the reason? Is it really okay? As we discuss this topic this morning, I want for us to set aside our politics. Oh, pastor is a Republican. Oh, pastor is a Democrat. Oh, pastor is a pro-choice. Oh, pastor is, you know, a pro-life. Disregard all those things. Oh, pastor is liberal. Oh, pastor is conservative. Erase all those things. Because we will focus on what the Word of God will say. I believe in my heart this issue is not politics. It isn't about politics. Our politicians they just politicize it. This issue is about moral issue. Moral issue. It talks about our morality. What does the Bible say about abortion? Before we do that, uh, we will take a look at the history of what happened in this nation, especially, of course, here in America about the issue of legalizing abortion. Here in America, I will take first at uh, the overview. And some of you, I know you already know this, but I want to refresh your memory about this issue. Uh, this is the overview of the issue. On January 12, January, 12 Jan- January 22, 1973, A decision known as Roe v. Wade, Uh, the United States Supreme Court ruled that a woman had a constitutional right to abort her baby. Constitutional right, okay? So the ruling effectively legalized abortion nationwide. The court found that a right of privacy was broad enough to encompass a right to abortion. The case was titled Roe versus Wade. After the parties involved, Norma McCorvey has sought an abortion in Dallas County, of course that's in Texas, but was denied by Henry Wade. Uh, Henry Wade was the district attorney at that time. So in the ensuing case which traveled all the way to Supreme Court, Norma McCorvey was listed anonymously as Jane Roe. Jane Roe, that's why Roe versus Wade. Jane Roe, that's the landmark battle between, uh, known as Roe versus Wade. So the court ruled in favor of McCorvey. And thus, open the door to legalize abortion nationwide. Roe v. Wade viewed pregnancy as divided into trimesters. First trimester is this. In the first trimester, uh, this is the first 13 weeks of your pregnancy if you are you know, a woman. What is a woman? <laughs> Today, that is, a, that is an issue. Everything is an issue today. What is a woman? <laughs> uh, 13 weeks of women's pregnancy, states uh, denied, or every state. Here, we live in Arizona. We're denied the right to ban or regulate abortion in any way. Second trimester, this is 14 until 26 weeks. Uh, states could enact some regulation, although abortions meant to protect maternal again, this we'll, we'll talk about health later, okay, had to be allowed. Third trimester, this is the 27 until you give birth. A state could theoretically ban abortion, but laws had to allow for exemption to preserve the life and health of the woman seeking the abortion. But I don't know if you, if, you, if you are into our current events. Uh, the former governor in Virginia, Ralph Thornton, ah, I don't know, but his name is Ralph. And there was an issue that he's signing a bill to allow even infanticide. That was an issue before. If you give birth to a baby, you have the right, if you make decision, to kill your baby will do that who in the right mind will do that of course uh, they had an election three or six months ago people really spoke and the leadership you know it was now passed to the Republican you know (laughs) leadership people know what's happening a lot of people are not ignorant here in America. They're only quiet. But again, let's go back to this. So issued on the same day another case, Doe versus Bolton. It defined health to mean all factors that affect the woman, including physical, emotional, Psychological, familial, and woman's age. That definition effectively allowed all abortions for any reason. And so the Supreme Court decision in favor of McCorvey was lauded by the pro-abortion groups as a victory for women's reproductive rights. One estimate of the number of legal abortions since Roe and Wade ruling is over. Are you ready for the babies who were killed? Over 63 million. Innocent babies in the womb. 63 million. The only good news is all the 63 million are in heaven, but the only bad thing is they were denied to experience living here on earth. 63 million! When we came here in America and I think, 1996, I, I, I think our population here in the Philippines is 63 million. I want you to ponder this, think about this. They died innocently. 63 million. Each of those abortions was the killing of an innocent life. Roe versus Wade was indeed a great victory. For what? Sexual immorality. I want for us to park in this issue. Because many Christians today they are being influenced by our society. As if sex is just over the counter. We are being influenced by Hollywood. Boyfriend, girlfriend. They're doing it before marriage. And when something happens, they abort the baby. The reason is, we're not prepared. And that's why, as a believer in the Lord, if you cannot control yourself, the Bible says, get married. God has put boundaries in it because immorality sexual immorality is not pleasing in the sight of God sex is only beautiful within marriage not outside the marriage and you young people still single start right and the Lord will bless you you hear the word True love waits. Don't go into a place where you will be tempted. Be pure in the sight of God. And, 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 and for those who are not yet in the Lord, Roe versus Wade was indeed a great victory. Because they can do what they want to do and then just abort the baby. Read the scripture and apply the scripture in your life. For selfishness and for the wishing to desentize America to a culture of death. And You know what? This is happening. We have too much violence today. Not only abortion, but this morning I just, you know, reading the news. In Philadelphia, these teenagers, they killed a 73-year-old man using that cone. Have you read that? Yes, it's in the news. Too much violence apart from killing the babies. Most Christians viewed the Roe versus Wade decision with sadness and outrage. That's why Christians and even, you know, our Catholic friends, pro-life groups, work for years to, re- to reverse Roe versus Wade to lessen the number of abortions, helping women in crisis pregnancy. By the way, did you know that we are part of this uh, helping uh, women in crisis pregnancy, and we are supporting them through our Southern Baptist uh, Convention? We have a group about crisis pregnancies. If you have an issue, just call me and I will refer you to our office in our convention. Engaging in public discourse and supporting pro-life legislation. By the way, I I gave uh, uh, Paolo uh, the DVD or Blu-ray player uh, about the film Unplanned. Have you seen that film? You need to see that Film, unplanned. It's all about the issue about abortion. And so uh, that is the overview of the issue here. Secondly, let's take the reasons for abortion. Why women abort their babies? So I did, I did a, a, a study and research. And this uh, study uh, was taken from Perspective on Sexual and Reproductive Health. This is a journal of peer-reviewed research, volume 37, issued September 3, 2005, pages 110 and 118. And the issue is reasons U.S. women have abortions, quantitative and qualitative perspective. And so here, the two most common reasons were having a baby would dramatically change my life. If they said, if I will have a baby, it will change my life. It is true, it will change your life. And that's why when you get married, you need to be prepared. That's why when you tell me, Pastor, I'm getting married, we will sit down 10 sessions so you will know your responsibility. It's indeed a great responsibility to, to, to take good care for the babies. But this is the reason it will change my life. So selfish, isn't it? And I can't afford a baby now. Look at them, 74%, 73%. That's high. Of course, uh, these reasons uh, was done in 2004 but still through today. And a large proportion of women cited relationship problems or a desire to avoid single motherhood, uh, they are 48%. Nearly four in ten indicated that they had completed their childbearing and almost one-third said they were not ready to have a child. Women also cited possible problems affecting the health of the fetus or concerns about their own health, only 13% and 12% respectively. Respondents wrote in a number of specific health reasons, from chronic or debilitating conditions such as cancer, cystic uh, fibrosis, to pregnancy-specific concerns such as gestational diabetes and morning sickness. And so the most sub-reason given was that women could not afford a baby now because she was unmarried. Think about this. Why have the pleasure of having sex when you are single? And that's why this happens. And that's why I asked the question, what principles do you live by? 38% indicated that having a baby would interfere with their education and the same proportion said it would interfere with their employment. In related vein, 34% said they could not afford a child because they were students or were planning to study. Again, I keep on saying to you that going into a marriage is preparation. You need to prepare. And all those reasons can be avoided. And so you will not abort the baby. I tell you all these things. It's all about uh, the issue of obeying what was written in the Word of God. I was sad again this morning. I, I did look at the Instagram. And they were rallying about this issue of abortion. I don't know if she was a teenager or in the 20s, but she's still young. Uh, You know what she's yelling? You know what she's yelling? We love killing babies! We love killing babies! We love killing babies! This is our society today. She's a teenager, a young woman, and I bet you she she didn't know what she's, she's, she's saying. That's why, again, as your pastor here in this church, we better really listen to what the word is saying. Because this word, when we obey, it is the right thing to do. Just imagine... We love killing babies. We love killing babies. That's sad in the history of America. I hope the Lord will forgive America. And my prayer is that America will experience revival. And my prayer is that revival will start in me. And you pray that the revival will start in you. They talk about health. And one of the reasons is that because their health is not good, they can abort a baby. You heard the name Tim Tebow? (laughs) Tim Tebow, uh, an NFL quarterback. Did you know that Tim Tebow was born in the Philippines? Her parents were missionaries in Mindanao area. Pam and Bob Thibault. They're missionaries of the Southern Baptists. They were sent by the North American Mission Board in the Philippines in Mindanao area, southern part of the Philippines. In 1985, they moved to the Philippines with four children to serve as missionaries. But Pam Thibault became ill with amoebic dysentery. Uh, which is usually transmitted from contaminated drinking water. She fell into a temporary coma and received strong drugs to combat the infection. Those drugs resulted in severe placental abruption in which the placenta detaches from the uterine wall. And so the advice of the doctor is Abort the baby. Abort the baby. They went to Manila in Makati. Financial district of our country. There's a hospital over there and the doctor said, Abort the baby to save your life. She said, No. She believed that the Lord will take good care of her. Look at Tim Tebow right now. Look at him. Quarterback. And, and, and of course, uh, 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 also he became a baseball player for the New York Mets. He was very grateful because the mom did not abort him and did not listen to the voice of the world. You can read his story, and he wrote a book, Through My Eyes. And so, again, let's think about this. Number three, we will ask the question now about what does the Bible say about abortion? The Bible never specifically addresses the issue of abortion. However, there are numerous teachings in Scripture that make it abundantly clear as crystal what God's word view of abortion is. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, 4 to 5. It tells us that God knows us before he forms us in the womb. Look at verse 4. The word of the Lord came to me, of course, to Jeremiah, saying, Listen, I underline them. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Think about this. Meditate upon this. You were born, I set you apart, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. It tells us that God knows us before he forms us in the womb. And now think about abortion. If God already knew before you were born, then I think you have to think 100 times about the issue of abortion. Another passage is found in Psalms, uh, the passages that we just read this morning. This passage speaks of God's active role. In our creation and formation in your mother's womb. And this verse, verse 13. For you created me, created my inmost being. You knit me together in work. He created you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. In my mother's womb. There is life. And the issue, one of the issue, is when does life start? I think it starts when that, you know, the egg and the sperm collides. Exodus chapter twenty-one, verse twenty-two to twenty-six, it prescribes the same penalty that for someone who causes the death of a baby in the womb. For, uh, for someone who commits murder. You know, here, here in this Exodus 21, 22 to 25, uh, when you are fighting and accidentally hit the womb of a pregnant woman and then there is this miscarriage, you will experience this. The, read it. The law and its punishment clearly indicate that God considers a baby in the womb to be just as human being as a full-grown adult. Why? It's because the punishment is the same as for the adults. So the baby is already present and living. Abortion is a matter of the life or death of a human being made in the image of God. You are made in the image of God. Your baby In your womb, in the future, is made in the image of God. Think about that. And so, what does the Bible say about abortion? Simply put, abortion is murder. Abortion is murder. It is the killing of a human being created in the image of God. There is a common argument against the Christian stance on abortion. And what is that? What about cases of rape and also incest? This is, this is of course, an argument against Christian stance on abortion. See, as, as difficult as it would be to become pregnant as a result of rape and also incest, is the murder of a baby the solution? That's the question. Of course, two wrongs do not make it right. Intentionally killing the unborn child is not the answer. Also keep in mind that, that having an abortion in a trauma is a traumatic experience. It seems nonsensical to add an additional trauma to the woman. And, and of course, abortion can be a means of rapists covering up their crimes. For example, if a minor is molested and becomes pregnant and then is taken to have an abortion, see, the molestation could continue without what? Penalty. Abortion will never erase the pain or incest, but it very well adds to it. A child who is conceived through rape and incest or incest is as much made in the image of God as any other human. You see, the child's life should be protected just as much as the life of any other human being. Uh, The circumstances of conception never determine the worth of a person or that person's future. Listen, the baby in this situation is completely innocent and should not be punished for the evil act of her mother or her father or whoever did it. Depending on the situation, the mother might choose to raise the child. If she, of course, if she, does all, uh, not, if she does not already have a community uh, or support, there are many organizations. When, when, when my wife was hospitalized at uh, Mercy Gilbert, uh, I noticed that when you enter into the main building, there is a sign that says, if you have a baby and you cannot, you know, uh, really support, just drop it here without any question. See, there are people, uh, there are groups <laughs> who will really, or uh, you, 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 can, you can drop the baby here at the, every fire, fire department without question instead of aborting them. So, it's also important to keep in mind that abortions due to rape or incest account for a very small percentage of the total abortions. Remember this. Only 1% of abortions can be traced to cases of rape or incest. 1%. Another argument often used against Christian stance on abortion is, what about when the life of the mother is at risk? Honestly, this is the most difficult question to answer on the issue of abortion. But first, let's remember that such a situation is exceedingly rare. It is very rare. And, and Dr. Landrum, as she tells, a pioneer in the field of in vitro fertilization, this is what he wrote less than 1% of all abortions are performed to save the mother's life less than 1% and yet uh the loud voice of our friends on another fence they keep on yelling about all these things as if every abortion is based from this but it's not you see these are doctors that's why you, you see those that small letter that's where i i i got those uh, Uh, Numbers, percentages, so that you will not say, hey, Pastor, you're just making up. No. (laughs) These these are doctors, okay? And uh, other medical professionals go further, stating that abortion is never necessary to save the mother's life. Did you know that over 1,000 OBGYNES and maternal healthcare experts signed? A statement in 2012 saying, in part, and this is what they said. As experienced practitioners and researchers in obstetrics and gynecology, we affirm that direct abortion, the purposeful destruction of an unborn child, is not medically necessary to save the life of a woman. Hey, these are professionals. They know what they're doing. Further, in 2019, medical leaders representing more than 30,000 doctors said intentionally killing a late-term unborn baby in abortion is never necessary to to save a mother's life. 30,000 of them. Second, Let's remember that God is a God of miracle, Amen. And, and look at what happened to Tim Tebow. God is a God of miracle; He can preserve the life of a mother and her child despite all the medical odds being against it. I, I really, you know, admire the faith of, you know, missionary Pam Tebow because of her faith and belief in the God of the Bible. We have the same God. Nothing is impossible to Him. Amen? Number three, even in the small percentage of abortions performed to save the life of the mother, most of those abortions can be prevented by an early induced delivery of the baby or C-section. So it is extremely rare that a baby must be actively aborted in in order to save the life of the mother. But ultimately, if the life of the mother is genuinely, genuinely at risk, uh, the, the course of action can only be decided by the woman, her doctor, oftentimes the father of the child, and especially God. And that's why there is a James 1.5. We believers in the Lord, we need to ask for wisdom. And the Lord will give us a wisdom in situations like this. See, the overwhelming majority of abortion performed today involve women who simply do not want to have the baby. It's not all about this. Remember that these, if you put them together, they are only 2% arguing about the health, arguing about the rape, arguing about the incest. They are only 2%. But most of the reasons is, I don't want to have a baby yet. See, as indicated above, just 2% of abortions are for the reasons of rape, incest, or mother's life being at risk. I want to emphasize that. And so, as we close, for those who have an abortion, remember that the sin of abortion is no less forgivable than any other sin. Sin of abortion is forgivable. God is a gracious and merciful God. In the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation. To those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me what? Free from what? From the law of sin and death. Are well, we, praise the Lord, we have a merciful and gracious God. Amen. Even abortion is forgivable. But when you know that abortion is forgivable, it is not for you to grab it as an opportunity to do it. Because when you are saved by grace, we need to live by grace. And also, let's live a life that is pleasing in the sight of God. The Bible provides a moral code upon which to build a framework of laws. Jurisprudence and executive action. See, the moral or the moral code is most readily found in the Ten Commandments. Isn't it? We said, we concluded of course, uh, through the scripture that abortion is murder. When, where can you find that, that commandment? Of course, you can find it in the Ten Commandments. What number? Guess. Six. Thou shalt not what? Murder. See, the sixth of those commandments, thou shalt not kill, is the one most directly related to the issue of abortion. Laws making abortion illegal conform to the moral code of the Bible in that they forbid the killing of the innocent human life. Roe versus Wade, which legalized the killing of innocent life conflicted with the Bible's moral code. Praise the Lord. The good news is what? With the Supreme Court decision of Dobbs versus Jackson, women's health Roe versus Wade has been reversed. To be clear, this is what happened. The Dobbs ruling not ban abortion but leaves the matter to the individual state. It's not anymore nationwide. So they just put it into the state of Arizona, state of California. But I praise the Lord because we have here a governor who said, nope, no abortion here. It is up to the state. But if the state will say, it's okay, we still need to pray. And and the battle is not yet finished. You see, in its decision on June 24, 2022, U.S. Supreme Court did two things, basically. Number one, it denied that there is a constitutional right to abortion. It's not a constitutional right, because you cannot find it in the Constitution of the United States of America that you can say, my body, my choice. when it comes to abortion. Secondly, it handed the issue to the states to regulate. It is up to the states now to regulate it. In doing so, the court explicitly overturned Roe versus Wade. In another case, Casey versus Planned Parenthood, 1992. Now, are you not wondering? We will close. Okay? I, will, I always say, we will close. We will, Andy, we will close in this. Okay. <laughs> uh, I am a typical pastor, by the way. (laughs) All the pastors say, we will close. (laughs) Are you not wondering what happened to Norma McCorvey, a.k.a. Jane Roe? I did the research, and I found it on the article, History in the Making, Volume 11, Article 11, January 2018, The Life and Legacy of Norma McCorvey, Jacqueline Anton. That's her real name. In July 1995, listen, Norma McCorvey went to church with her friends from Operation Rescue and he gave her life to the Lord. She became a Christian, regretting what she fought for. At the end of her life, she became part of Pro-life. Yes. If you want this, it's long. I can can send it to you. But again, she accepted Jesus into her heart, finalizing her transition to pro-life ideology. Norma repented for her sins, denounced the sinful nature of abortion and her relationship with Connie. By the way, she has a relationship with other women. She ended up that as well. You see, nothing is impossible with the Lord. Amen. Yes. Even a person who is a killer like Apostle Paul, he's a murderer. And yet, when God pursued him, Paul repented of his sin, and he became an instrument of the kingdom of God. Same thing with This woman, Norma McCorvey, she surrendered her life to the Lord, became a Christian. Listen, this should not be, if you really believe the word of God, this is not an issue. It's it's not an issue. Because abortion is murder. Amen. I just, as your pastor, I just clarify this. There's a lot of voices today. This is only one today. There's a lot. and That's why we need to be firm in our stand and believe in the word of God. Because this is the right one. All the voices that you hear are the voices of Satan. I can say that. Why? Because they are anti-God and anti-His word. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord for this wonderful time that you've given to each and every one of us to meditate upon your words and to learn about what's happening in our society. need Lord, we have it all as a believer in you. We need to propagate what is right. We should not be afraid to stand up for what we believe. We know, Lord, they even try to Hurt us physically as a Christians who believe in this. But Lord, you were persecuted. And the Bible is clear. Your word is clear. We will also be persecuted. And for that, Father, we are grateful because we, we know that we are on the right side. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us will really stand for what we believe in, in your word. Help us to be like Daniel. There's a lot of odds and yet... As he believe in you, He obey your word. He was blessed by you. Father, thank you and I'm praying for this nation, oh Lord, United States of America, founded by your words, through your words. I am praying for a great revival, O oh Lord. My prayer oh Father is to just rent the heavens and once again, that's the heart of every Americans, every people who live in this nation. Father, before America is, is ascending missionary nation. But now, Lord, it becomes a mission field. Lord, have mercy. Bless the leadership, O oh Lord. Through the presidents, the cabinets, Senate, and the Congress, give them the wisdom, O oh Lord. And most importantly, Lord, I pray, it's not impossible, O oh Lord, to change their heart. It's you, O oh Lord, who can do this. Thank you, for this is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.